1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Badlands Podcast—the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is part of the Chairshop Media Group—and now is also available on Smart to Death Radio. I am Mags, and uh, keeping up this uh, this uh, appearance uh, uh, schedule, I suppose, is Mister Paul Talley's making it five weeks now in a row. This is this is unheard of in the history of Badlands Ball. <laughs> How many is it to trigger my performance bonuses? <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 talk about your contractor uh, uh, behind the scenes. Uh, How's your <laughs> week been?
2: Ah, oh, very good, thank you. Yeah, I've yeah, I've, I've had, a, had a week off work, so I've been um, trying to be as as productive, less productive, less. Is that a word? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> well, you work <laughs> at a university as well. <laughs>
2: it's just a college it's just <laughs> yeah um yeah just trying to take it easy how, how
1: about yourself good good week Yeah, uh it's, it's been not too bad uh it's it's still getting to terms with this kind of pandemic covid era but let's get let's get to the hearing now uh we have got a really special guest today she's uh one of the most talented creators that, that i think we've had on this show uh she's she podcasts she's she's in the process of writing a book and uh she's also a former w3 employee uh today we've got the illustrious marie shadows
3: marie oh man, marie. Really? i'm great thank you for that wonderful intro <laughs> i'm blushing on the side <laughs>
1: <laughs> absolutely no problem it's a, a a genuine pleasure to to have you on the show. Uh, So, yeah, just uh, tell us a little bit about about this book you're writing, Rookie.
3: So, basically, my novel is called Rookie. It follows a male protagonist. His name is Zemi, and he has his journey in the Indies all the way to stardom. However, he wants to uncover the truth about whether or not his father disappeared in the wrestling business or end up dying in the wrestling business because he was gone way too soon in Zemi's life. So he goes through trial and tribulations, some betrayals. Uh, his love interest is there with him every step of the way to try to uncover uh, what exactly happens uh, throughout throughout the book.
1: I've, I've read the first uh, chapter, but um, yeah, it just it just seems like a really cool, interesting story. And uh, I've uh, signed up to your Patreon because I I, I want to hear the end of the story because it's so, so good.
3: I thank you for that and yes I moved over to Patreon I was originally on Substack um, I think that now it would just be a push for Patreon because there's a lot more ideas that I want to do with every single fan that signs up you know we can do live streams we can just chat I could post about you know my food pictures and all that um, so yeah I just made the switch to Patreon not too long ago Definitely recommend
1: switching over to Patreon uh, and yeah, just you seem to be able to have a lot more uh versatility in what you can you can offer your, your audience over there. Um so what what is your Patreon link? So it is patreon.com forward slash rookie scp. Go and check her check her stuff out. Um have we, have well,
2: we, have we ever had an author on the show before?
1: Um do you know what? I've, I've we've had a we've had wrestlers on, we've had obviously podcasters, uh all oh, we have. I have. You were. You're up there. The uh, the guy who did the wrestling figures retrospective. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a fun show. So let's, uh, Marie. Since you've never been on Badlands before we kind of like to get everybody's uh, Mount Rushmore the greatest wrestler of all time so our resident accountant Mr. Tully here can uh, can formulate the the definitive Mount Rushmore from everybody's pick so who are the, the four wrestlers that make your cut and uh, a little bit of an explanation why each one does so
3: so the first one goes to Ric Flair because um, I was seven years old and my dad got me into professional wrestling. He started me off with uh, watching NWA, Miss South and Ric Flair was there. So I highly appreciate everything he's done for the business. Uh, The second one is going to be Kenny Omega. Because he is super creative in everything that he does, and one of my inspirations uh, to you know for my writing for anything like that, he just comes off like super um, special in that regard. Uh, third is uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, because you know he took no names, he uh, kicked ass and stuff like that, um, and he did what he wanted to. He was a badass. And then obviously Undertaker, because I appreciated that he got me into the creative side of professional wrestling to see what can be done in that aspect. So that would be my Mount Rushmore. Cause it's only four people, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I could go on too, but like main top four would be those guys.
2: Yeah. Good pick. That, that, that makes uh, Ric Flair the, uh, the first of our 30 club. He's now got 30 votes.
3: Wow. Wow.
2: <laughs> And, um, and it, it pulls Undertaker a bit closer into, into contention, uh, nipping at Hulk Hogan's heels for that, that fourth spot on Mount Rushmore. Just to remind everyone, Ric Flair, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Hulk Hogan occupying those top four places.
1: It's going to take a lot to uh, see someone like, really challenge them now outside The Undertaker maybe Chris Jericho. It's going to need a, a big push for, for someone else to break through, I think
2: yeah definitely um well we we we've said uh jericho' has just not had a vote in in ages
3: oh damn
2: <laughs> um, despite being an early front runner so so uh, he's got some work to do he's got to pull out a a five star classic in the next few weeks i think <laughs> he's
1: gonna have to <laughs> so uh let's get into this main topic uh with with you marie we uh, thought we'd go with the the topic of uh supernatural powers and supernatural wrestlers in in wrestling So the mount rushmore the uh, the four greatest or worst uses of supernatural powers in wrestling um who was who was your first pick on on your mount rushmore
3: um obviously undertaker
1: yep one of he's one of my uh the picks that I've researched well I actually lumped him in with his uh with his brother kane because I think if you talk about one it's, it's hard to kind of like separate him from the other one. Yeah. Uh, you put them in together. Yeah. I, I had them as one of my, uh, what, the ones I researched. Uh, basically I think it would be, who's who it to go first in between me and you, Paul. Is it, is it you or is it me? I think it's me. I think it's you this week. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, agree with Marie then and, and put out as our first pick, the undertaker and Kane, um, I think it would be a mockery of a supernatural base Mount Rushmore if we didn't include The Undertaker, especially when that's what is a lot of his character was based around. And Definitely. That, yeah, exactly. So with that, I think you also have to in- include Kane. Um, so in, if you look at the seven years between The Undertaker's debut and then Kane's debut... You didn't really see a lot of the supernatural skill of Undertaker. Uh, it was mainly him just being controlled by the power of the urn, and then the the ability to rise from the dead. Uh, if you remember the the match with uh, Yokozuna, where he rose out of the coffin. Definitely, yeah. Um, and uh, but his supernatural powers were, were kind of kicked up a notch uh, after that fateful day on October the 5th, 1997, when Kane debuted to Cost Undertaker, the Hell in a Cell match against Shawn Michaels. And throughout the years, from feuding with each other to being an alliance uh, and to even like being on their own, the, both of the guys were able to kind of display that over- overworldly control of... Over, the, the WWF both could control the ring lights. They both were able to seemingly teleport from from place to place. Kane even had the the power of shooting the fire from the ring post, and he was also very strong and resilient, kind of almost like a, a zombie in 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 that way. Um, but it it um it was a weird actual skill of Kane to have that that fire coming from the the ring post because. You, this is someone who was burned severely as a child and also saw his parents uh, die in a, fun, in a uh, funeral parlour fire, which was started by his brother, the undertaker. Yeah. Uh, so, just getting back to those supernatural powers, uh, you had The Undertaker in this kind of Lord of Darkness and Ministry of Darkness iteration. He started using uh, chants and magic spells uh, in, a, in a, a quest to kind of control the opponents and recruit them into his ministry and looking to, to kind of control the whole of the WWF. Uh, if you remember, he, he kidnapped Stephanie McMahon and tried to force her into a dark wedding and uh, yeah. sacrifice her in a, in a ceremony.
3: Definitely, man. <laughs> Good times,
1: right? Good times. Exactly, exactly. So this was led to Vince McMahon being uh, revealed as the the higher power or how a Power, uh, as Undertaker called it on that day. Um, but then um, when uh, when Taker went through his American Badass and uh, uh, Dead Man Income, Big Evil versions, he, he the the supernatural powers kind of waned a little bit, and it was only. Yeah. Like they only started coming back once we saw the return of the the dead man. Uh, with uh, with each little subtle change, we saw little uh, additions to uh, to his supernatural powers. Uh, still being able to rise from the dead in buried alive matches, but he also had the power to throw lightning. Uh, so yeah, uh, going back to Kane, um, the Undertaker was able to use more of his supernatural powers uh, when he was. Uh, when He was involved with Kane. He uh helped uh after Kane uh helped Vince McMahon defeat the Undertaker in a buried alive match. Um, yeah, Kane, um, Kane was kind of gloating that he killed the Undertaker, and then it got to the 2004 Royal Rumble when he started hearing <laughs> Taker's music, and that caused him to be distracted and, and got eliminated. I think it was by a T who eliminated him. Uh, and then in the build up to WrestleMania. Kane insisted that The Undertaker was dead, only for him to be subjected to several supernatural occurrences, such as, like, rain falling over him when he just stood there on on the entrance ramp, an empty casket that turned up in the middle of the ring, which then uh, appeared to have an urn in it. Um, So then, um, as Kane challenged Take to the match at WrestleMania, threatening his legacy, his streak, and his laugh, The Undertaker used... uh, his powers to lift the ring off the ground whilst Kane was stunning it and started to tilt it um, sideways. But obviously this wasn't the last of uh, Kane's uh, involvement in otherworldly antics. Uh, if you remember in, in uh, the aftermath of WrestleMania 22, Kane uh, started to snap a lot and would hear his voices that focused around the date of May the 19th. Uh, which would make him attack his opponents and, and even his allies. Uh and this date was apparently the day when when uh Undertaker burned his mother and, and stepfather alive in, in the, the funeral fire, uh which also led to a Kane versus Kane feud where it was revealed that the imposter Kane was behind these voices. The imposter that was played by I think was was played by Luke Gallows. Um so, yeah, after after returning from a hiatus to promote, promote the movie Seen Evil, K- uh, Kane's use of Supernatural was mainly limited to to using the ring post fire and the, and the voices in his head uh, that, uh, that basically would tell him to be a monster until we finally got Corporate Kane and then Mayor Kane. Uh, so, yeah, my first pick for our Mount Rushmore would be The Undertaker and Kane. That's exactly what I have. And Seen uh, Evil is actually a good movie uh i've I've seen the first one i I, I believe it did a a sequel but i've never seen that one yeah they
3: did a sequel um i don't i think i watched it i don't remember what happened but uh yeah um the first one is always uh pretty good to watch Mm -hmm.
2: i I can't dispute that they are the they are the the kings of of the supernatural gimmick yeah Um, particularly the undertaker i had a for my picks, I had a very, very specific Undertaker. I had the I had the Ministry of Darkness. Undertaker. I was gonna. Oh, um, okay. I was gonna put up there, but yeah, why not put put up his whole career on there? Because, because uh, pretty of, much, right? <laughs> I mean, he's he's made it last for so long. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah.
1: So, Marie, uh, since we've we've agreed on the on the first picks with the with the Undertaker, and, and obviously I added the caveat of Kane. Uh yeah. Who's Who's your second pick?
3: Um the second pick would definitely be The Fiend. Uh The Fiend has changed the game and I guess we could do like Fiend and Bray Wyatt but either way that whole supernatural feeling of, you know, being scared and stuff like that. Um I had attended a uh, live WWE event before this whole pandemic uh thing happened in uh Madison Square Garden and to feel like The Fiend coming out that was like a really good um a good uh, day that time. And also the field Undertaker's entrance too. That that time also. I was like, I got treated to the best of both worlds, both of those guys. You got um, both. Wow. Huh? Yeah. You got both. Um Yeah. Um, it really like the fiend's entrance like really does mess with you. You're like, oh crap, some some stuff, stuff is happening, you know. Um, but yeah, the fiend would be my uh second pick on um, my Mount Rushmore supernatural people.
1: It's, it's- <laughs>
2: It's a great pick. It's a great pick. The, the fiend's um, the fiend's debut, and I, I mean mean the fiend, not Bray Wyatt, was um, was really quite scary. It's quite terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> when was it Finn Balor? Oh. I think was his first victim.
3: I think so. Um, and then him just coming out and you know uh, just feeling it, yeah, um, super scary. And um, I just don't like what WWE did with dropping the ball with him, but you know it happens. Always happening. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I guess that's the best, the best part about going to a WWE event, and as particularly if you're going to see a a supernatural wrestler, is just to experience those entrances. I don't think yeah. I, I haven't had the chance to. I've, I've experienced a Kane entrance, but not um. And the thing that struck me about Kane's entrance is just the heat off 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 the uh, the, the fiery ring oh. posts. It's, um, we were in um, Manchester Arena which I think is a 20,000-seater arena and still uh, I was quite far back and the heat off the off the ring post was was insane.
3: Well, you know, Vince doesn't spare no expense. You know, if he wants fire, he's going to get fire somehow. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I've, I've seen the Undertaker in that very same arena, uh, Manchester Arena and yeah, it it's an experience, it certainly is. Um, we were literally right up in the nosebleeds um, and you could barely see any of the match, but the, it was all for The Undertaker, the match is, is secondary. It's all about that, that entrance. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's such a good time. But yeah, it's, definitely. It is a, Bray Wyatt uh, slash The Fiend is, is a great picker. He's not one who I went with because uh, what me and Paul tend to do is kind of second guess each other's uh, picks and uh, oh. I, I, I assumed Paul would uh, would 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 wax with lyrical about Bray Wyatt, um, so I, I didn't go Bray. Uh, so Paul, did you go with Bray?
2: No, oh, you've got me wrong. He did. Uh, he made my he made my long list, but um, he, he didn't he didn't he didn't reach the uh, research stage, unfortunately. <laughs> Ooh, I've, so now I've gone for right. Does it do, do we need to do we need to equate a particular wrestler? I suppose we're going to have to because you can't carve what i'm gonna say up onto mount rushmore so i'll take a wrestler and i'll say the guy who who originated it um the great kabuki but in general what i want what i want to put up there is um what's called asian mist or or in japan poison fog um as a supernatural move um that i think is always very popular with the crowd i love seeing i love seeing the uh the mist come out and uh, and I think it qualifies as supernatural. I think it's a supernatural talent, isn't it?
3: I accept that.
2: Yeah. And it certainly has supernatural um, uh, qualities because obviously you've got the different color mists um, that all, all do different things um so you've got the the green mist which um te- only temporarily blinds kind of enough to win a match you've got the red mist which apparently burns the eyes with the strength of 1000 pepper sprays um which doesn't have very nice <laughs> then you've got black mist which uh which uh can cause blindness for weeks or even permanently as it did with um nidia yeah. Jamie Noble's girlfriend, when Tajiri did it to her in WWE, then I've not seen these ones used, but apparently there's blue, which can send your opponent to sleep, um, yellow, which paralyzes, and purple, which causes memory loss. So I've not seen any of those three colors in action, but i quite like to.
3: This is such a fantasy novel. It writes itself. Yeah, well, that's why I love
2: <laughs> it. Love, I love, like, Japanese RPGs. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's, it's, it just reeks of that. Um, so, it, so it, it really speaks to me. But what, what, in researching it, because um, I didn't know this, what what fascinated me was it's not actually a Japanese invention. It's not.
3: Um,
2: no, it was created in America um, of by, uh, yeah, like, by, uh. by um, <laughs> Ga- Gary Hart in uh, in uh, in the eighties. So um, he'd he'd gone on a trip to Japan. He'd uh, been to um, see some kabuki theatre. And he wanted to create a character in, in America that um, kind of was influenced by Kabuki theater. Um, so he created the great Kabuki, who was a, who was a Japanese wrestler himself. Um, but he, uh, it was, it was Gary Hart who, uh, who um, created the gimmick and created the the mist for the great Kabuki to spit. Um, and, uh, it went down very well, but crowds made him a very, mm-hmm. very entertaining, very refreshing heel. Um, so yeah, it, it started it started with him, and then obviously um, Vince McMahon, seeing this in the 80s, wanted to emulate it. Yeah. Um, so he created Killer Khan, um, who, who also had the skill. And then seeing the WWF have success with the gimmick, WCW wanted to get in on an action, and they created the Great Muta. Yeah. Um, again, I, I I wasn't aware that the Great Muta, the character, was created in America, not, not Japan. So it has been a bit of education for me. And the Great Muta was billed as the Great Kabuki's son, and who had um, in, inherited uh, uh, Kabuki's unique skill of uh, being able to spray mist at will. Um and that's very popular for WCW, and then it was Muto. Who obviously, took it to Japan, and it kind of then took off in the nineties over over in Japan. Since then, it's kind of been overdone in America, yeah. if you like. You've had Kwang, Tajiri, um, Rosemary, and Sue Young were both doing it. Lord Tensai did it.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: and now recently, we've got Asuka um, Asuka using it to to, to good effect. Um, so it's I think it's in danger of. Kind of being overdone but actually as a a supernatural move if you like it's one that's very believable and very very fun and has kind of limitless potential particularly with all that color-coded effect going on
3: so it does i'll
2: I'll put i'll put um i'll put i'll put the great great kabuki up there cool
3: cool all right so so we're back to me with my other pick right We're up to number three. Well,
2: Mag's can dispute and um, and veto that if he likes.
1: Yeah, (laughs) we we have a rule here on uh, Badlands where if uh, one of me or Paul don't agree with the other's picks, we can uh, we can take it off and uh, replace it with another one. But (laughs) Paul Paul knows how to pull at my heartstrings. He knows that I'm a a huge uh, Japanese wrestling fan, (laughs) and there's no there's no way I'm taking off Asian Mister. Off the list, it's a it's a great pick, and it was only up to I'd say a couple of years ago when I actually realised that the colours made a difference in what what of the outcome of, of of what the mist does. Yeah, so yeah, it's a great pick, Paul. Yeah, I didn't know that either.
2: That it's really interesting stuff, and like I said, the I think the potential for that's limitless. If they if they were to introduce a character now, maybe even with Asuka, mm. um if they started delving into that a bit more, I think it'd be really cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, yeah, but that stays on the list. And, yeah, we go back to you, Marie, for your for your third pick. Uh, we're going to take it old school, and we're going to go with Papa Shango. Oh, yeah. you are a queen. You're an absolute queen, because I have Papa Shango on my list as well.
3: Uh, that's my
2: next yeah. one as well.
3: <laughs> oh, all three of us.
1: <laughs> Just so
3: you guys know, when you're listening to this, we had no prior talk about Rushmore's for The Supernatural. But Papa Shango is one of the... Uh, greatest to get that role um i even had the privilege of when i was at wwe to like watch his matches so and uh to work on the wwe network uh with those matches so i got to the chance to relive his whole entire like papa shango
1: um era you, you can understand why we all, we all picked it. It's clearly uh, left a massive mark on us. Paul, are you are you putting that forward as, as your next pick? Because if you are, I shall uh, I shall avoid it for my pick. I was hoping to put it forward as my next as my next pick. That's fine. I've got <laughs> I've got a couple more I can I can delve into. Um, are you you're too kind? I I,
2: I, I'm only I'm only fifty percent likely to veto you now. Now you've <laughs> now you've extended that that kindness <laughs> to me.
1: It's political, you know, you know how this works. You've got to butter up the electorate. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to avoid Papa Shangol, I'm going to let Paul wax lyrical about Charles Wright and his uh, and his gimmick. Uh, I'm going to go with someone else who I think will uh Paul will like. Uh, again, I'm I'm getting quite an expert at being able to to butter Paul up, so I'm going to go with um Gangrel. Oh, yeah. That is nice. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the story of Gangrel. Mm. Uh, so after short stints with uh, the three major companies in in the US of WWF, ECW, and WCW, David William Heath was rehired by the WWF uh, after Vince Russo and Bruce pritchard uh, pitched an idea to to Vince about having a vampire gimmick, and so the the character Gangrel was was born. And even before he'd, he'd uh, really got into the character, there was a lot of controversy about the fact he was called Gangrel. Uh, WWE actually was uh, almost taken to court uh, and sued for using the name Gangrel because it's, it's actually taken from a, a role-playing game called Vampire the Masquerade, uh, but w w f uh managed to uh to get the license into to for the name so any any uh, video games or or media that WWF put out with Gangrel included had to have this uh this license included um so when Gangrel uh, wrestled he he really leant into the the kind of uh vampire stereotypes of the the of the 2000s well the late 90s early 2000s he would wear long flowing white shirts he would have a uh, black leather boots uh and he would have the sunglasses and also the, those amazing fang teeth um the, the supernatural uh parts come in when he would uh, enter the ring through uh the the, the ring of flame uh, he would uh, he would have the arena washed in flashing red lights, that amazing theme music which was just it's just iconic. One of the uh, best. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then he would walk to the ring holding this mysterious uh, gothic style goblet. Uh, and when he actually got to the ring, he would take a sip of that that viscous red liquid and spit it mm-hmm. high into the air, um, leaving the kind of blood uh, eff- uh, effect dripping from his mouth. Um, going into his career, he soon started um, a feud with Edge, who was also uh, a fairly newcomer to the the WWE. I think he debuted earlier in that year in in June, uh, and he introduces Edge's kayfabe brother Christian as a as Gangrel's ally. And after a, a short feud, uh, both. <laughs> Gangrel and Christian uh, was able to convince Edge to to join them. And the, one of the best factions, the most underrated factions in WWF history, the Brood was formed. So then after this Brood uh, was formed, we saw another kind of facet of Gangrel's uh, supernatural prowess. Um, before, during, and sometimes even after matches, you would see the lights go dark for a second and then when they come back on, their opponent or their target will be will be doused in blood, uh, literally a bloodbath. Uh, so the Brood got uh, involved pretty quickly with uh, the Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness uh, after being abducted and brainwashed. Uh, but this alliance uh, didn't last long, unfortunately, uh, because Undertaker wanted to punish Christian when he was attacked by Ken Shamrock uh, and revealed the location of our... Uh, The earlier mentioned captive Stephanie McMahon Uh, Edge and Gangrel uh, was opposed to this punishment and they attacked the Undertaker and they rescued Christian and they kind of broke away from the Ministry Uh, but this was kind of like the end of the brood almost because straight away their next feud was with uh, the Hardys and Michael Hayes um, Gangrel ended up turning on Edge and Christian to a line with the hardest, uh, which he then was quickly usurped by one Terry Runnels. And Gangrel ended up uh, returning to singles competition uh, and quickly dropped into the kind of mid card obscurity. Uh, he eventually brought in his real life wife, Luna Bashanta, to, to manage him, but they both ended up leaving the company. And, and Gangrel is still wrestling to this day using. Uh, using the Gangrel gimmicks. So, uh, yes, he a, is. A, a great career for him. And, uh, uh, he's also got the full rights to the uh, the character. Now, it's not owned by uh, White Wolf anymore, so he's got the, the full rights to the Gangrel character. So, good absolutely on good on him for, for still being able to, to wrestle and still being able to make a living off it. So, yeah, my third pick, uh, uh, well, our third pick and my second pick, I'm going with Gangrel. Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah, great pick. He's an iconic character. I, I was I was thought Gangrel could have done could have done a lot more. Mm. Uh, I think the problem he had was the talent of his underlings.
1: Yeah,
2: because um, they couldn't keep Edge and Christian under him for too long because they were too good. They couldn't keep the Hardy Boys under him for too long because they were too good. He yeah. needed he needed the slightly less talented underlings, and, and perhaps the Brood could have gone on for a lot longer.
1: And being fair to him as well, he was a very talented wrestler. He was a, he kind of a. Uh, Oversold a little bit. His uh, his reactions were kind of a little bit um, that comical, but as a, as an in ring wrestler, he was very very talented. That Impact DDT uh, was was a phenomenal finishing move. Yeah,
2: he's very good. It, it, it was just that those guys below him were all Hall of Famers.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, was um, four four Hall <laughs> of Famers. And obviously, we
2: always, always look for a way to angle Big Boss Man in. Obviously, the Brood's finest work was uh, was hanging the Big Boss Man.
1: <laughs> that is
3: very, very sure. true. <laughs> <laughs> He's already
2: tall. One of one the most most tasteless one of the most, one of the tasteless episodes of uh, WWE has been. Am um, I saying something?
1: It gets yeah, brought man. up on this show so many times. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's like a fortnightly occurrence. We mentioned boss man. Um, so are you vetoing that pick, Paul? No,
2: no, not at all. I love Gangrel. Gangrel, uh, the, brood like f- <laughs> the brood were like my, the brood were like my favourite thing in that in that little, uh, that little period they were in.
1: I can just imagine you, Paul the Goth, long flowing black hair. black <laughs> <finger> hair. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted one of the uh, frilly shirts.
3: <laughs> yeah, you are going to need one of
1: those.
2: <laughs> if if like Amazon had, uh, had existed back then, I definitely would have had a frilly
1: shirt. <laughs> I can just imagine oh. you in *My Chemical Romance*. Oh my god! <laughs> no, no, I remember that far. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! So Marie, let's yeah. round, let's round your Mount Rushmore off with your with your final pick. Uh,
3: do you guys like clowns? Um, you
1: I work on with one every week. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I hope
1: you're on about the nerds.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna close out my Mount Rushmore with uh Doink, uh the clown, um, only because I personally don't like clowns, but the way that Vince and WWF at the time handled uh, Doink the clown was very instrumental into trying to make a clown character for like future wrestlers and stuff like that if they wanted to go for that kind of gimmick. But the idea of it should have been Royal Rumble when Doink came out with the many Doinks at the Doinks at the Doinks at the Doinks, or it should probably should have been King of the Ring, one of those two. But him coming out with all those multiple Doinks. That right there takes a lot of skill and planning and, like, supernatural powers because no one really knew too much about Doink. They just know that it's a clown. He's doing funny stuff in the ring, you know, uh, not to take him serious. But the moment you take him serious, you got to watch your back with him. So Doink would be my pick to uh, finish everything off. And, yeah, I had the privilege of watching, re-watching his matches, too, um, over at WWE.
1: Yes, Dr. (laughs)
2: You, yeah, I think I think that's his second episode in a row he's been brought up.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's a, one of the WWE's best uh, gimmicks. To be fair, the 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 potential of a clown gimmick in in especially back then in in the the kind of uh, career gimmick era was was. It was definitely WWE really didn't use him to its full potential. Let's just let's just put it that way. Uh, whether that's down to the talent having these demons or 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 whatever, but it was yeah, it was a, a very wasted gimmick. That could have been uh, a huge huge gimmick. I think they used him quite well. They, they, uh, undoubtedly, they could have used him better. Yeah. Uh, that,
2: that 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 gimmick could have sunk like a stone, but they did they did throw a lot behind it to begin with. Mm-hmm
3: it was good for its time um if you try to do it now you end up with a uh, freight the clown and that's and that's saying a lot
1: yeah they, they,
2: they would play it too much for laughs now <laughs> yeah. the, the, the whole the whole the great thing about doink was uh how sinister it was yeah and it wasn't played for laughs the bits where exactly like you said the bits where you he was trying to make you laugh was actually the bits roping you in yeah so then you're in trouble
3: Definitely,
1: man. Totally agree, and it's and it's a a great pick to round out your Mount Rushmore. I was always um, disappointed
2: he didn't remember the the um the arcade game where he had like wasn't it a big electric hammer?
1: Oh, um, was it not yeah. Super WrestleMania?
2: Yeah, and that kind of for a while faded faded into my memories that he did actually used to have the big electric hammer hammer. And when I've watched back, I've been disappointed that he didn't.
1: He he had a prosthetic arm or a, an arm in a cast that he used as a weapon. Yeah. It's not yeah. quite the same, is it? No. No. But, but it's a, a great pick all the same. Uh, Talle, round, potentially round our Matt Ridgemont.
2: Wow, this might come as a surprise to you, but I'm going to go for Papa Shango. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow, I did not think you were going to pull that out of the bag.
2: <laughs> There's not much scarier than Voodoo. Yeah. Um, and... and Papashango was, you know, you know, a, a proponent of um, of voodoo magic. Um, he was only Papashango was only around for a year. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's this. He's a really iconic character. Uh, kind of a, a, anyone who's watching that era rem- remembers him. Um,
3: and I think. Oh, it felt longer.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think everyone remembers him for um, for the spell he cast on on the Ultimate Warrior.
3: Yep, I was um, going to bring that up if you weren't.
2: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> because, for me, um, I was at an age where that was truly terrifying. I I was absolutely scared, because Ultimate Warrior was was pretty much impervious to that point. Um, I know the Undertaker had locked him in a casket before that, and he'd kind of passed out from lack of oxygen. But apart from that, the Ultimate Warrior is pretty much untouchable. Um, yet, here he was, having had this um, spell cast on him, and the spell yeah. itself was really scary. Kind of Papashango had uh, had cast it, um, stood behind a like a, a like a dumpster fire kind of thing. A really a really well shot promo for the time.
3: Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and and to see the warrior just in so much trouble, um, wow. he was. You know, he, he was bent, bent, doubled, doubled over in pain, um, heaving, retching, um, okay. in serious trouble. And obviously, taken backstage and he uh, projectile vomited <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> Bright yellow, kind of horrible stuff.
3: Which Vince loves anything with vomit. Yeah,
2: yeah, of course. <laughs> it's good shit. <laughs> <laughs> we don't see enough format in WWE, I don't think. Um but yeah, just watching, just watching as, as a young child, that truly did scare me. And I thought, why is this Papa Shango the real deal? And um obviously Vince and, and Co. thought he's the real deal as well, because he he was thrown into the WrestleMania main event straight away. Not as a competitor, but um as as, as an interjector. Yeah. Um obviously he messed it up a little bit. Uh, by missing his cue probably didn't do his career's wonders there. Um, but no, he, you know, straight away he was, he was, he was running into, um, to, uh, attack Hulk Hogan, um, in, the, in the main event of WrestleMania eight, which started off the, the feud with warrior when warrior came to make the save. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, I, I want to put him on there because he had, he really did have like, a, um, an emotional impact on me at the time. Um, and a lot of supernatural gimmicks kind of don't land in that way. You can see through them. They feel a bit um, feel a bit forced. But that one was spot on. And just seeing the warrior in that amount of pain at the hands mm-hmm. of Papashango just just it had a big effect. I, I don't know what happened to Papashango. Um...
3: <laughs> well, he's out there, you know. One day he'll come back.
1: He's yeah. out there. <laughs> Has he ever come back? He will.
3: Uh, I mean, we gotta summon him.
1: The, I think the last match that he, he had were were against uh jobbers, but the last big match he had was a in a qualifier for the 1993 uh, King of the Ring where he uh, lost to Hacksaw Jim Duggan.
3: Yeah. I mean, America took
1: him
2: out. I, 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 would, have, I would have thought the, the 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 cock up at WrestleMania might have might have held him back, but actually he had a he had a title match after that. Yeah, against um, Bret Hart, so it can't have done. Um, I've, I've, when I was researching this, uh, I think he it, it won um like worst gimmick at the Wrestling Observer um Boo. Wrestling Observer Awards and stuff. So perhaps it just wasn't as Boo. popular popular at the time as I thought it was. Because <laughs> um, I don't really know why why they gave up on that gimmick so so early.
1: Yeah, Vince was uh, was uh, apparently really like high on. On on the character, and like I said, he was thrust into the the main event scene pretty much straight away with uh, the the cock up at, at WrestleMania. Right? But if you look at actually all his his kind of short running the WWE, it, it was ruined by a comedy of, of pretty much errors. He had obviously the the very late running, which are uh, speaking to. To Charles, Ryan in an interview, uh, he said he was he was he wasn't to to blame. He was not given the right cue time. Uh, but then, but then after after the running, uh, the Undertaker and Sid were meant to uh, the, sorry the Warrior and Sid were meant to have a, a feud. But uh, Sid had failed a, a drugs test, so uh, Papa Shango was pushed into this feud with the Warrior. Uh, <laughs> But that feud died a death when Warrior challenged Savage for the, the world title, so it was kind of like cut off, uh, without a, 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 a final match. So so then Papa Shango was thrown into a feud with uh, Tito Santana, and when he eventually did get his match with Warrior, uh, or was set to have his match with Warrior uh, in late 1992, Warrior was released from the company due to, to um, steroid issues. Uh, but that's that's when he did get his uh, his touch against Bret Hart. Um, so yeah, it was a it'd be interesting to see what could have come of that character if if all the the, the cards fell the right way for him.
2: Yeah, I suppose there's only a, a kind of a number of opponents that 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 his voodoo could have had that that, that kind of a war inspiring effect on. So like I say, Warrior was pretty much unbeatable. I guess Hulk Hogan he could have done it on. He was. He was more or less unbeatable. Perhaps The Undertaker. Um, there's, I guess beyond those guys, the gimmick doesn't have the same level of impact. Like you said, Tito Santana. Does anyone care if uh, if he uh, makes Tito Santana sick? Probably not.
3: Yeah. It depends on the situation and the story that they decide to go with. But... Um... Times were changing when it was getting down to the wire of, like, what else can Papa Shango do? You know, the crowd was changing, too, and sometimes that plays a role and a factor. And that's why, you know, we all of a sudden got Papa Shango to change to something else down the line.
1: Yeah. So. Especially when your game was, was so centered around this, this kind of being able to control your opponent supernaturally. Yeah. Once you've done that once and then it's not worked uh, with one mm-hmm. of the big stars, it, it does fall flat afterwards. You, you, it's literally have the, the epitome of having one string to your ball.
2: Yeah. I guess it happened again with the Boogeyman, didn't it? Because the Boogeyman originally was, was um, he had impact to begin with, but it phased it, it off very quickly.
3: Yeah, which neither neither of us picked Boogeyman, and that says something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, well,
2: we I, all... I couldn't I couldn't think of an iconic Boogeyman moment.
3: Um, when he, when with Tiffany, off... well, biting off that weird ass mole on her face. Yeah, off Jillian Hall. That's the only thing. <laughs> I mean, Jillian, 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 not Tiffany. Oops!
1: <laughs> Don't kill me, listeners. <laughs> um. Now, does Papashango stay on our list? Um I've got one other pick who I who I researched and it's it's the ultimate warrior, so yeah, I'm gonna leave Papa Shango on this pick. Uh
2: that would that yeah. would be uh, the ultimate insult, wouldn't it? If you put Papa <laughs> Shango off and <laughs> <laughs> put the warrior on who screwed his career up. And,
1: and the reason why I had the warrior is, is not even because of his WWE uh F stuff, uh even though he had like the the energetic ring enters and uh, the absolute babbling uh, promos, he didn't really have a lot of what you call supernatural powers. Uh, it was actually his WCW work when he when he was drafted back in, so Hogan could pick up his uh, his return victory about him, where he would uh, he had the magic smoke which knocked out all the NWO members. He, uh, except for Hogan, obviously. He, um, he, we had the ability to teleport, which I uh, definitely didn't use a trapdoor under the ring, and that definitely didn't almost paralyze David Boy Smith uh, during Fall Brawl '98. Um, and then there was there was all that uh, uh, the Warrior in the Mirror behind Hulk Hogan um, scene that that they did. So uh, he he does have some supernatural skill, but it would be a mockery to take off uh, Papa Shango for the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Did you, did you have
2: anyone outside of WWF
1: on your shortlist?
3: Um, um, oh wait, for me or for Max?
2: Both, of, both of you.
3: Uh, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
2: what a
1: tease.
3: <laughs> I mean, I That's, that was not. such a letdown.
1: But I'm saying no as well. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had,
2: uh, I had, um, I had Matt Hardy. Um, oh from, yeah,
1: with um, the Robin gimmick.
2: From from yeah, Broken Matt Hardy from from Impact. I also have Rosemary as well. Um, but yeah, again, they didn't make the they didn't make the short list. Just on the long list. I just one for you as well. Did would you consider hulking up as a as a uh, supernatural power? No.
1: Okay, I, I didn't. That's my
2: fault. That, that's why I chalked it off. What kind uh, of power is that?
1: It's the, <laughs> it's just... the power of endorphins. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The power of uh, eating spinach,
3: saying your prayers, drinking milk, all that kind of stuff. Um, of course, I don't consider yeah. that to be uh, supernatural. It's just one of those things of like you got guts and grit, so you know, keep on going.
1: But no supernatural. I'm glad <laughs> we didn't pick that. Really glad <laughs> we didn't <pick> up there. <laughs> The power of a very good diet, uh, weights, and lots and lots of steroids. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what, what did make your shortlist, then?
1: Uh, I had uh, Gangrel, which I've mentioned, Papashango, which you stole. Uh... <laughs> you, you gave me. You gave me. We stole...
3: all agreed upon Papashango,
1: though. Yeah. Stole <laughs> after you uh, didn't beat her. So now I can say you stole it. Uh, <laughs> I, and I had the Ultimate Warrior and obviously Undertaker and Kane. Nice. Um, so, uh, Marie, uh, after... That w- that was amazing for uh, some really good Mount Rushmores. What we need from you now is a, a topic for a future guest. What kind of a subject would you like to, to hear a Mount Rushmore on? How about we go with the
3: movies? They're Mount Rushmore based on Avengers. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say Die Hard, but I think that would have been a little too
1: more complicated, but we could go with Avengers. <laughs> so uh, who we would cast as a, as, a as Avengers yep, yeah a, a wow
3: like the top four that you would get then be like if you ever had to do Avengers Assemble this, these are the wrestlers that you'll get uh females can be definitely included on that Mount Rushmore too
2: yeah, I'm glad I've got a few more days off work because this is gonna <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna take some thinking
1: it's a, a great topic I, I love the topics where you can you've got a little bit of um free will almost kind of like you can you can uh deep dive into into a subject and i think this one will be perfect for that yeah really Just... in a character to a wrestler <laughs>
3: yeah
1: this There's is that... the
2: good stuff we get when we book creative
3: types Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because even on uh, my podcast, I was talking about like which AEW wrestlers are equivalent to Dragon Ball Z characters because they show a lot of similarities between like the characters and what they play on uh, television. And I also talked about how AEW acts like an anime, like all the way through, if you really pay attention. So I'm very curious to know people's Mount Rushmores about like if I was like, hey, you know, uh, name me. AEW guys are equivalent to Dragon Ball Z guys. You know, what do you got? You know, because that's like very interesting to talk about. The same way with the Avengers. We all have like our Avengers in like real life with our family of like, oh, I'll put these guys on a pedestal. Why not do it with wrestlers or like with celebrities and stuff like that who don't play the actual roles? But you get it.
2: (laughs) I like it. It's interesting you say (laughs) that. On on my short list, I had Finn Balor. And I'd actually put in my notes that 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 he's like an anime character.
3: Yeah, so uh, not,
2: not the It <laughs> is. It's like the Dragon Ball Z thing. I just <laughs> how you know how he um he has this inner power this that that he has, but he can't control it. It only comes can, He can't bring it out at will. That's so, very anime. Oh the
1: Hulk.
3: So basically, yeah. he. Um, he'll be more like uh little Gohan. Um, son, uh, uh, when Gohan was little, Gohan couldn't control his powers at all. He had all the power in the world until, like, um, after the whole Saiyan saga, Piccolo took him, trained him, and got him used to controlling his powers in a way. So, I guess I can see that exactly. Yeah, from that yeah that... as Gohan, in she
2: a way, you Finn, Finn Balor as as the whole thing. we use next week.
1: <laughs> or, you, or you could even, if you linked it to X-Men, it could be uh, Jean Grey, how she uh, struggled to control her powers. Yeah. You could do that too. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, see, this works. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, a very interesting uh, topic. I can't wait to, to kind of do the research on that one. It's going to be a fun show. Uh, thanks for that, Marie. Tell us um, tell us about your, your podcast and uh, give us a little bit more information about uh, the creative work that you've been doing recently. So my podcast is called the Square Circle Podcast.
3: Um, It got started right after that horrible main event of Hell in a Cell 2019. I got upset. I got with my friends and I was like, we're going to do this. We're going to talk about wrestling. And on my Patreon, I put up the first ever episode that I ever did with them. And fast forward to now, um, I do it all by myself. Um, I limited the amount of wrestling that I talk about because I can't cover everything by myself, but I still enjoy talking about AEW mainly because I fell out of love with WWE, and that's not because WWE let me go after I worked with them, you know, during my time. But it's just a matter of um, their decisions weren't as good as they used to be. So, you know, WWE is still there. I usually see whatever Twitter is complaining about. Um, so originally the square circle podcast was supposed to help out the indie wrestlers. So like, I keep saying that my client is JD alpha. He's an indie wrestler wrestling, um, along the East coast, getting his name out there. And we always hang with the boys and I'm always welcome to be in the back and during production meetings and in other wrestling companies here in New York city and New Jersey. So my podcast was supposed to give them a spotlight pandemic hit can't really give these guys too much of a spotlight, but I tried the best that I can. Um, and the only thing that I can think of is, like, interview, interviewing them and stuff. But that was the heart of the Square Circle podcast. Now I changed my focus to writing about my novel uh, called Rookie, which, again, is just following the main character to see whether or not his father disappeared or died in the wrestling business. And you get to be on his journey from indies all the way to stardom. And I hope to publish that um, by 2021. Your help will be greatly appreciated. And I just talk to everyone and anyone on Twitter. So you can follow me there at Marie underscore shadows. Um, but yeah, any other specific questions, let me know.
1: <laughs> and and one thing about Marie, Marie yeah. is uh, unlike my illustrious cohort here, she has very good food takes. Um <laughs>
3: I do.
1: Um, I'm very proud of the food that I make. <laughs> where, where, Mr. Tully, I, I'm. And, I'm proud of the food I make. It's just, <laughs> just to a normal human, it's it's abhorrent. <laughs> <laughs> but this has been a, a an absolutely a, just. I knew it'd be a fun show, and it and it and it didn't uh, it didn't disappoint, Mr. Tully. It's oh, cool. <laughs> Well, that, that's that's it for,
2: I uh, hope you enjoyed our um, our scary episode of Badlands. Um, I'll tell you something else that's scary. The amount of places you can find my illustrious co-host um, Mags, I forgot your name. <laughs> <laughs> that's good going on. I've been doing so well at this outro for so long and now I've forgotten your name.
3: Oh man. <laughs> <Good job. laughs> Best friends right there. Best yep. friend goals.
1: Marine, this guy forgot who Vince McMahon was. In, we were once doing a, a podcast about authority figures, and he forgot who Vince McMahon was. <laughs> forgot all about his career. He, he oh, brought damn, up Vince dude. as a pick and then forgot about him. Damn, you're putting him on the spot. <laughs> damn. Paul gives off this, this air of professionalism, but...
2: let me try again it is it is scary how many places you can find mags um you can obviously find him on twitter at dej kirkby d-e-j kirkby um you can find his many great podcasts um we've got uh we've got (laughs)
1: We got why we watch. I knew you wouldn't. You, you, did, you did well to last four weeks without without fluffing. It deserves a fluff, fluffed outro.
2: It's once I make one mistake, and my confidence goes to shit. Uh, you, you can listen to why we watch and five rounds pod on uh, on uh, Visionaries Global Media, just like Visionaries Global Media into your podcast engine of choice. Um you can also find him um where else where else can we find you find you
1: <laughs> You can find me on Smart Today Radio uh with uh where we watch Five Rounds and Badlands and Badlands is also available on the ChairShot Media Group, which is just it still blows me away that we're involved with, with such amazing networks. Uh, we've very been very, very blessed. Uh but yeah. It's- it's amazing. It it,
2: it, it, it it is amazing that we that we're involved with them,
1: especially with the professionalism that we come up with on uh, on these outros. Yeah. So find us all those places. Uh,
2: Mags Mags just uh, bailed me out mentioning. Um, obviously, keep yourself safe and always use your head. See you next week.